things organized you know you like to get to the end of the task to sort of to see how you can get to the end of a task before you even start it the sort of person that would have sorted out your christmas card and present list by november at the very latest the sort of person where a last minute change of plan can make you feel quite stressed and anxious really sort of out of your comfort zone or do you prefer to keep things open are you a bit more of a go with the flow sort of person where it's the journey that's more important than the destination if that describes you then you'll tend to get frustrated with routine and a fixed schedule no flexibility that really makes you frustrated well several people here i think might be surprised if i say that i'm actually quite an organized person now that don't laugh <laughs> but i actually do quite like to plan ahead and yesterday afternoon i was busy doing the last minute planning for one of our 100 parties in 50 days um a neighbor's party half past 2 the christmas cake was 10 minutes into its baking in the oven and we had a power cut <laughs> i don't know how many people in claygate also experienced this there were some 800 homes affected but uh, we lost our power for one and a half hours um and i did get a tad anxious about it i have to say Well, we're all different. Uh God's created us with different personalities and and one personality types no better than another. And in fact, I think probably most of us are a bit of both depending on the circumstances. Uh when I got over the initial shock of having no electricity, we're an all electric house by the way, no central heating or, you know, anything. Um I actually sort of thought, well, it could be quite fun having a neighbor's party entirely by candlelight our, ne- our next door neighbor um offered to give some peanuts instead of the hot food that i was going to to offer so you know it could have worked out all right in 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 actual fact the power came back on so we were fine um but when i look into the account of the reading today of how Joseph's life was absolutely turned upside down by a very last minute change of plan i sincerely hope that he was the sort of personality type that had a sort of go with god's flow type of personality almost all that we know about the biblical character of joseph comes from these few verses but nevertheless without joseph without his love and compassion for mary without his cooperation with god at a time when all his future plans for married life were just crumbling round his ears without him things might have turned out very differently and today i'd like us to draw some inspiration from joseph and the part that he played in jesus's birth and childhood this joseph was you know, perhaps in every sense of the word just an ordinary joe we know that he was a devout jew because that's what the description a righteous man 
in the passage would imply, a man of faith, a man who kept the law. We know from other places in the Bible that he was a carpenter by profession, that he was poor, because we read later on that he gave a pair of doves in the temple as a sacrifice, and that was a poor man's offering. And that he was betrothed or pledged to be married to Mary. Now in Jewish law, betrothal was a very binding relationship, much more akin to marriage than engagement in, in our time. It could only be broken by a formal divorce. But couples who were betrothed didn't have any sexual relations until their marriage proper. And great store was set in Jewish law on the um, virginity of the bride. So much so that the Jewish Old Testament law stated that if another man slept with a betrothed woman and they were found out, both he and the girl would be stoned to death. Because as the book of Deuteronomy puts it, the girl, because she didn't scream for help, <laughs> and the man, because he violated another man's wife. Now in the UK today, when 48% of all births are to mothers who are not married, it's hard to imagine the utter shock and betrayal that Joseph must have felt when Mary told him that she was pregnant. I mean, although biological sciences were far less advanced in the first century Palestine than they are here today, I think Joseph um, would have not really believed that Mary was carrying God's child and not another man. It wouldn't have been any more believable now than it was then. Joseph must have felt utterly betrayed. He must have felt shamed, humiliated, and he was well within his rights, harsh as it might sound, to denounce her publicly and to have her stoned to death, thus maybe saving some of his tattered pride. But he didn't. Joseph obviously didn't believe Mary's story because he decided to divorce her. But he was prepared to do this quietly so that she wasn't exposed to public disgrace and death. So given the circumstances, Joseph's compassion for Mary is really significant. And of course it had far-reaching consequences because before he had time to divorce Mary, Joseph had a dream in which he saw a vision of an angel instructing him to take Mary home as his wife because the baby that she was carrying, not his child, was nevertheless a very special child. Now, I think the familiarity of the, the Christmas story can dull our senses to the faith that Joseph had in the angel's story and his subsequent obedience in taking Mary home as his wife. Yes, dreams had greater significance in first century Jewish culture than they do for us today, but I don't think we should underestimate Joseph's faith and his obedience to the angelic instructions. 
It was an obedience which perhaps was epitomized by his forbearance in consummating the marriage, as would have been his right to do so until after Jesus was born. So many strange and wonderful things happened around Jesus' birth that Joseph's faith in the uniqueness of this special child must have grown as Jesus grew. And certainly, when the angel appeared, an angel appeared to him shortly after Jesus' birth, warning him about Herod and his evil intentions towards the child, instructing Joseph to escape with Mary and the child to Egypt. It appears, and we read about this in the next chapter of Matthew, that Joseph took them that very same night. He didn't delay. And the family stayed in Egypt as refugees, probably for a couple of years, until Herod's death, and Joseph had yet another heavenly visitation, instructing him that it was now safe to return, but to the north of Israel, to Galilee, out of range of any attention from Herod's son, Archelaus, who was reigning in his father's stead. And in Jesus' childhood and young adulthood, life must have probably gradually normalized for Joseph, and he fades out of the story. He remained a devout Jew. We know that the, tra the family traveled to Jerusalem every year to celebrate the feast of the Passover. Joseph and Mary went on to have children of their own. And for most of his life, Jesus probably worked in the family carpentry business with Joseph. And whilst we know that Joseph was still alive when Jesus was 12, it's almost certain that by the final years of Jesus' life, Joseph had died. So Joseph never win witnessed Je Jesus' public ministry. He never knew what Jesus was finally revealed to be. Unlike Mary, Jesus didn't experience Jesus' teaching and his healing. He didn't experience his death or his resurrection. So how much did Joseph understand about Jesus? What would he have made of the name that the angel instructed him to call the child? The name Jesus, a name that means God saves. And as Joseph pondered on the mysterious circumstances of Jesus' birth, did he, as a good Jew who would have known the scriptures, have turned to that prophecy in Isaiah, that prophecy that was um, read out in, um, written by Matthew, again in Matthew's gospel that we heard today, a virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would Joseph have pondered on this scripture, I wonder? Joseph certainly didn't know all the answers, not even by the end of his life on earth. But he did have faith in the angel's message, even if he didn't fully understand it. And he acted on that faith. He behaved with compassion and love 
and was obedient to what he did believe and know. He did what he could. He stuck by Mary, providing her with a loving home. And for the formative years of child Jesus' life, together with Mary, he nurtured and taught Jesus. We read later in Luke's Gospel that the boy Jesus was obedient to Joseph and Mary, growing in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and man. He gave Jesus the very best start in life. And I think that we can draw inspiration from Joseph in his love, in his faith, in his obedience to what he did know and believe. He was the supporting actor without whom the opening act in the life of Jesus would have looked very different. Joseph never knew that in his earthly life what impact his life had made. He never knew its significance in Christ's life. He would never have considered himself one of the major players. And very few of us today are leading actors, as it were. And Joseph might have qualified for a Best Supporting Actor award, but most of us wouldn't even qualify for that. We're simply extras in the play of life. But, like Joseph, our love, our faith, our obedience to what we believe can all play an essential role in bringing about God's kingdom here on earth. Jesus never witnessed the end of, of sorry, Joseph never witnessed the end of Jesus' ministry, but he was faithful to what he did know. We, however, do know how Jesus' earthly ministry ended, and we understand, perhaps better than Joseph, the significance of the name Jesus. God saves, because we know of God's saving death and his resurrection. Nevertheless, even this is not the final chapter in God's big story. In Advent, we wait not only to celebrate Christ's birth, but also his coming again at the end of human history, the final chapter in God's big story. And like Joseph, We don't know just how this will play out. And our present messy world is broken in so many places that I think it can sometimes be quite hard to imagine just how God's kingdom on earth will ever be established. But, like Joseph, we can have faith in God's plans for humankind and that those plans will finally, eventually be accomplished. Bishop Oscar Romero, who was martyr for his faith in San Salvador in 1980, said this. He was writing about the challenging task of building God's kingdom. He said, It helps, now and then, to step back and take a long view God's kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. We can accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. But this is what we are about. 
we plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces effects far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything. And there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. It enables us to do something and do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and to do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders, ministers, not messiahs. At the time, the death of Oscar Romero seemed a defeat for God's kingdom. However, his martyrdom had a profound effect on changing the political landscape in South America for the better. And so today, let's thank God for Joseph, for the part that he played in that story, and be encouraged by him. Our own faith and faithfulness, our own small actions of love and obedience, may have positive consequences beyond our imagining. Let us, like Oscar Romero, take the longer view beyond our immediate circumstances. And lastly, let us draw confidence from the name Emmanuel, God with us. We're not on our own. The baby in the manger, whose birth we'll be celebrating in a, few years, in a few days' time, is none other than God with us. Our God is not remote. He understands our humanity, our frailty, our hopes and our fears, because he has become one of us. And he is with us today supporting and encouraging, leading and guiding us, enabling all of us, without exception, to play our part, however big or small, in building God's kingdom here on earth. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.